You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today about joyful movement and intuitive exercise and how to get back into working out when you have no motivation or it just feels like this massive uphill battle. And this is something that I've wanted to talk about on the show for quite a while now because I know how defeating that feeling is just having no desire and no motivation to move your body and working through it is so impactful in your food freedom journey. It's so impactful for your body image and your self-confidence. And I was asked about it from one of my current Food Freedom University group members. So I figured this was a good opportunity to go ahead and finally record the episode and give you some tips that will help you get back into it if you're feeling that resistance. And I want to start off this episode by also just being totally honest and saying that I have really struggled in my relationship with exercise over the last number of years, Uh, probably the last like three or four years or so, I would say, to just get consistent with an exercise or workout routine. Um, I'll talk more about my journey and just give you more of an insight on what's really been going on. But I hear this a lot from my clients as well as they'll, you know, struggle a lot in their relationship with exercise and they'll see, you know, other people in their lives, whether like a friend or their partner who just have this really balanced relationship with exercise and they have just always been that way. It's like part of their routine, even when life is busy. And, you know, it's hard when you have periods where you're like, why can't I stay motivated? Why can't I get into a routine? And personally, I've gone through so many different phases with exercise and it's more so many times over the last 10 years or so. I've been in the rut, but I've also gotten out of it. And I wanted to share with you how to get out of that place of being unmotivated and feeling stuck and feeling down on yourself, especially when you know how good it makes you feel to take time to move your body. So first, let's just start off actually by evaluating your relationship with exercise. So here are some questions to ask yourself. Do a little bit of self-reflection here. One, do you ever dread doing a workout? Two, do you know how good exercise is for you, but you feel like you avoid it at all costs? Three, do you feel guilty if you miss a workout because you're tired or some other plans came up? Four, have you ever exercised just because you feel like you ate badly? And five, Do you work out to prepare for a meal you're planning to eat later or because you're drinking later? If you answered yes to any of these, these could be a sign of a negative relationship with exercise. And to share a bit more about my relationship with exercise, when I was young, when I was a kid, I... I was pretty active. Like I definitely was the kind of kid that liked to just kind of sit and do crafts and watch TV, but I was also into a lot of different activities. When I was really young, I did dance. I did like acro acro gymnastics dance. I did gymnastics for many, many years. I played hockey for 12 years, I think, from when I was about eight to when I was 20. And my relationship with exercise, it kind of evolved. It's starting really in high school. In high school was really when my body image just kind of tanked. Like I never really had the best body image, but it just really went downhill in high school. I was comparing myself to other people. I felt like I needed my body to 
look a certain way in order to get invited to parties and to be liked by guys and to be popular and all these different things. I really viewed my body as a tool and exercise started to slowly become part of manipulating that tool into getting what I wanted, even though I never actually really got it. But my mom had all these workout videos at home. And so I would start to do some in the basement. They were like body for life or something like that. There were all these, you know, kind of cheesy Pilates videos with the exercise ball and these little machines and things. And I would do them every so often. And then I discovered beach body. I started doing some beach body videos and it was really sporadic. It was really here and there. It was really you know, oh, this event is coming up and so I should work out and I should do this and that and the other thing. And that's really what it was like in high school was very on and off. And then when I went to university and I developed my eating disorder, that was when I started going to the gym. And don't get me wrong, I did love going to the gym and I still do enjoy going to the gym, but it really became this way that I could manipulate my body and burn calories and it had one focus, right? The focus was just to lose weight and to change my body and to get toned and to build cap shoulders because that's what I was seeing on Instagram and that's what all the fitness influencers were doing. It really just became something that, yes, on one hand I liked, but I think that if I didn't have that idea that it was going to change my body, I don't really think that I would be doing it, to be completely honest with you. I also started getting into group fitness too. The gym that I went to at university had group fitness classes. So I would go to like Zumba or a bar class. Um, I really did enjoy those to be honest. And I would kind of do them back and forth. When I went to school for nutrition, when I finished up my first degree and I moved to Toronto, I was kind of not really into going to the gym. I was more looking for group fitness and I tried out a couple different Groupons actually and I ended up finding this boot camp and I really, really enjoyed it. It was really fun and I went there for the duration of the Groupon. I think it was like three months or something like that and when I was going to leave, I wasn't going to sign on because it was really expensive and I was a student (laughs) and so I was going to leave and then the owner of the boot camp actually asked do you want to work for me? Do you want to be a fitness instructor? And to be completely honest, I said yes out of fear. Like truly, I was shocked in that moment that I was even being asked this question. It was something I had never considered. It was not something I'd ever envisioned for myself, but I said yes. And I I for sure said yes out of fear, but like (laughs) in hindsight, I'm glad that I said yes because I did have a lot of really great experiences doing that. And so I pretty much immediately signed up for my fitness instructor specialist certification through CanFit Pro, did the course. The course was honestly pretty terrible. I'm not knocking the course as a whole, but my instructor for that course was just really bad. But I learned a lot um, through my own research and I learned a lot actually starting doing the job. I remember the first shift I had, I was just actually scared shitless because I was like, oh my God, these people are like trusting me to lead them through a workout. And is the workout I created even good? And are they going to enjoy it? Is it going to be hard enough? Is it going to be too hard? I don't even know. But anyway, it was really fun. And I was a fitness instructor for three and a half years, a boot camp instructor. And as much as I loved it, it also kind of drove my relationship with exercise further into the ground because I would be working teaching these classes for, you know, sometimes four hours at a time. And not that I was doing the entire workout the whole time, but it was a period of intense activity for for four hours and moving and never stopping and never sitting down. And 
I didn't have a lot of desire to work out outside of that, but I felt like I should. And I really guilted myself into feeling like I needed to do my own workout after I had taught, but I didn't want to and I was burnt out. And so it was this whole like internal turmoil constantly about exercise and it really, really wore on me. And so when I started going through recovery, I was still working at the boot camp and I ended up leaving a short time later just because it was like I I couldn't the the culture of the boot camp as much as I loved it it was so entrenched in diet culture and that was not something that was going to change and so I just had to separate myself from it it just wasn't aligning with my values and where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be surrounding myself with and the kind of environment that I wanted to immerse myself in and so when I left the boot camp I kind of took a bit of a break from exercise for a while I really just like was focusing on resting and healing and it was summer at this point and so you know I was at the cottage and just enjoying my life and living my life and that was really important for me to do and there was a lot of guilt involved with that at the same time it was like I've gone from being this fitness instructor and this active person and this is such a big part of my identity and who I am and how people think of me to now I'm not doing anything at all and what does that mean about me And that was really tough. But at the end of the day, doing an inventory of who I am and how, why people actually value me and why my friends actually love me, why my family actually loves me, why my boyfriend actually loved me had nothing to do with me being a fitness instructor or me being the fit person, right? It's not like every group needs a fit person. And now that I'm not that fit person anymore, not that I wasn't fit, but just that that wasn't like all of who I was that they wouldn't need me anymore. That was not the case, even though that's what that gremlin in my mind really liked to try and tell me. But I slowly started kind of getting back into exercise and going to the gym again and really doing it from the perspective of like, this is something that made me feel really strong and capable and powerful and confident and helped me feel really good about my body and made me feel just like myself. And that's why I want to get back into it. And yes, there's part of me that, you know, still wants that body and still wants to chase that. But that is not my main intention for going about this, because I know where that leads me. I know what kind of mindset that creates. I know what kind of relationship with exercise and food that also creates. It just like wraps food right up into it. And that is not why I'm doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore, because I am not willing to go down that path again that is not for me and I'm not ever going there again and so getting back into it I'm not following a plan I'm not following a program I'm just doing this because I want to and because I want to like incorporate it in my life and it was something that started to genuinely bring me joy and I was really happy with like being semi-consistent with it again even though it didn't look the same way that it did before I mean before I was going to the gym like five days a week and now I was going you know two or three times which honestly is still very consistent and so I was proud of myself and you'll hear me talk about this in a little bit but typically I don't recommend starting off your new relationship with exercise with the same type of movement that you did before when you were in your disordered days but I really just wanted to approach the gym and I was kind of just like going in with it. Would I have done it differently now? Honestly, probably, but it just felt right at the time. And I think it was actually really healing for me to go back in the way that I did. 
fast forward a little bit, I started my master's program and that's when things really just kind of got hectic. I didn't have a lot of time for myself. This is really when my anxiety started. I really didn't have a ton of anxiety, just like general anxiety before that. It was always, you know, certain situations specific, but I started developing this kind of like general anxiety. And so honestly, I I kind of stopped exercising. I stopped going to the gym. I, yeah, sure was like, you know, walking in my daily life, but intentional exercise, that was something that I really put on the back burner for honestly, the duration of a lot of my master's program, I would say I didn't intentionally exercise for about eight months at that time. And of course I finished my master's program in December, 2020. No, yes, December, 2019. (laughs) And then COVID happened and gyms shut down. I as I mentioned, had a relationship with at-home workouts where I was like, I really just don't want to do at-home workouts. They don't sound fun to me. It's not enjoyable. I also lived in like a 400 square foot apartment with Adrian and it was just no. And so what had really started off is, okay, I'm finishing my master's program. I'm so excited to like get back into life. And I, I did when, you know, January rolled around and I actually had the freedom, like I was getting back into being active again, but then COVID happened and it just totally all went off again. And so I was really excited to just get back into life. And then it kind of shut down again for not only me, but everybody. And so that was another really tough thing. And there were a lot of mental challenges that were happening and I gained weight and my body image was kind of struggling at that time. And I was just not feeling like myself. But what I really had to do was zoom out and look at the whole big picture of everything that this is not in my control right now. And it's okay that I don't want to do at-home workouts. It's not like there's a moral obligation to work out at home because I can't go to the gym. Honestly, my main movement was like getting out of the apartment because I needed fresh air and I needed a change of scenery and all of that. But, you know, once COVID kind of started, life started opening up again, I was able to get back into going to the gym and it was so nice to have that genuine feeling of I want to do this because I haven't been able to and I've been itching to do this instead of I have to do this because I've gained weight and my body's changed and I have been off for so long and I've lost all my strength and I'm not fit anymore and I'm out of shape and yada 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 all of that really nasty narrative that kind of gets worked up in our minds and so since then it's kind of it's been fairly consistent and it's been yeah like there's been periods of on and off but my relationship with exercise at one point was just so disordered it was toxic I was dedicating so much time to working out that I was physically exhausted and my mind was just on the brink of collapse honestly and when I started to pursue healing my relationship with food I was burnt out and so if you're feeling unmotivated if you're feeling burnt out maybe because for so much of your fitness journey you've been focusing on only aesthetics or weight loss on just what you look like that is okay that that's where you're at right now because it can get better. But really what I want to get into is that when we put our main focus on looks instead of behavior-based goals or instead of athletic-based goals or physical ability-based goals, it tends to burn us out really, really quickly. And this is so key. I really want to emphasize that because a lot of times we view exercise just as a way to make our body look a certain way, to burn calories. We're engaging in it because we're afraid of weight gain. We're punishing ourselves for the cookie that we ate last night or whatever it is. And looking at exercise this way, it turns it into this all or nothing. 
right? It's another one of those pendulum swings that I talk about all the time where you're either all in doing it, it's super regular, you have a plan, it's X times per week, you're on your A game or you're totally off of it and you have no desire to do it and it sounds like it's the worst thing in the world. It's totally unsustainable and it leads to this on again, off again relationship with exercise and movement. It almost creates this resistance and I hear this from my clients all the time. It feels like there's this wall that they're always bumping up against. And if you've been in the cycles of starting and stopping and starting and stopping, this is probably one of the contributing factors too, right? That you have set these unrealistic goals for yourself and you're focusing on the wrong things and it's draining because you do a workout and your body doesn't transform over the course of one workout and then you get discouraged and you get defeated. And maybe, you know, you tried going to the gym or you've tried going for walks or whatever it is and you feel like it doesn't work for you. And the way you're defining work and whether something has worked or not is by weight loss or by body changes. How many times have you tried to lose weight and then that didn't end up being sustainable so you feel like the exercise is just not worth doing? It's like, well, what's the point if I didn't lose weight or if I didn't meet this body aesthetic goal I was trying to achieve and so it just wasn't a good fit for me or I just kind of gave up? One of the biggest reasons people stop is because they don't see these external changes. And especially if it doesn't happen quick enough too, right? Like even if you do maybe change your body with exercise, which I will say is possible for sure. But if people don't see it really quickly and that's their main reason for doing it, that will also lead them to stopping very similar to a diet. It's that same cycle, that same pattern repeating itself with exercise. Because it's like, why am I even doing this? It doesn't matter. And then you might get really motivated, but that motivation is fueled by disappointment in yourself. It's fueled by disgust in your body, in the way that you look. It's fueled by shame. And when we're fueled by that, it it doesn't last very long. It exhausts us inside and out, mentally and physically. And so if you're in that place of burnout, just take a moment to identify if your mindset has contributed to you feeling burnt out and how you can begin to create a mindset where you can thrive and go from unmotivated to powerful and reignite your love for movement. Because that's really my hope for you, is that some of these tips that I'm about to share will help you rediscover your excitement, your, you know, find a new perspective around movement, a new perspective around fitness, and that one that is separate from diet culture, right? Diets do not own fitness or exercise or movement. You do. It's self-care and that's it. Let's talk about how to incorporate joyful movement. And actually, before I get into that, I I know I keep saying joyful movement, but what does that even really mean? So this is a term that's used in the intuitive eating space, the health at every size space. And what it really is, is just a way of approaching exercise that emphasizes pleasure and fun and joy and health rather than weight management or changing your body. And the reason we use the word movement is often because we have all these mental associations with certain words, right? Like workout, exercise, fitness. None of those are inherently bad words. They don't inherently have all of these diet culture meanings to them, but we've created these mental associations when that's the space we've been in for so long. So when you hear the word exercise or workout or fitness, what comes up for you? Does it raise your blood pressure a little? Does it get the anxiety and going a little? Does it bring feelings of guilt or shame or feelings that there's a plan or a program coming or it's going to be really challenging or feelings of disappointment? And so just calling it movement really just helps you to work in sync with your brain so you don't have to make it such an uphill battle. We want to create new associations with movement that is free from diet culture. And also I really like using the word movement because I find it has a much wider umbrella 
than just workout or fitness or exercise, right? Movement can mean anything. It can be things that you do in your daily life that you maybe don't give credit to, like cleaning your house or doing some gardening or taking your dog for a walk, right? We don't often count these things and I use count in air quotes, but we don't count these things because they don't feel like they're enough. But when we start to look at all of these pieces as helping our bodies out, that our bodies are thanking us for all of the movement that we do, no matter what it is, whether it's intentional or not, I think it also helps us just get our foot in the door so much easier because it allows you to acknowledge that, hey, I'm already doing all of these things. Maybe I'm not starting from scratch. Maybe I'm not doing nothing. And it just kind of helps to give you that little bit of confidence boost that gets you going. But at the end of the day, call it whatever feels good for you. If it feels good to call it movement and kind of start clean slate with a new word, amazing. If it feels good to still call it exercise or fitness, you do you. But my first tip with getting into joyful movement and getting out of this rut is to give yourself permission to not exercise. And I know that sounds kind of nuts. I know that maybe sounds very backwards. If you're like, whoa, Brittany, what are you even talking about? Just bear with me for a second. And this permission to rest, to not exercise goes for you, even if you're not regularly exercising, even if it's been a really long time since you've been regular or since you've exercised or you're kind of in this on and off pattern right now, you need permission to not exercise. Because what I see so often in my clients that haven't been exercising regularly is that they also haven't been allowing themselves to take this time off, right? Yes, they have been taking this time off. They haven't been exercising regularly or engaging in movement, but they're beating themselves up for it the whole time. They're shaming themselves for it. And that is not real rest, right? For your body, that is not actually taking time off, even though physically you're not doing it. So giving yourself permission to not exercise is huge. And if you're on your journey to healing your relationship with food and movement and exercise, it's okay and sometimes very necessary to go through a period of rest, just like I talked about in my journey too, where you're just not working out, you're kind of detaching from all of these associations that you have from it and from it being an all-consuming part of your identity or an anxiety-filled activity, because movement should not be that. It needs to feel really good. It needs to support our nervous system and help regulate our nervous system and counteract the effects of being overstimulated and stressed. It should elevate our mood, help our blood pressure, support our bone density, support energy levels, mental clarity. It's so amazing for us all around. But if there's been so much toxicity in your relationship with movement, it's totally okay to go through a season of rest because it's not providing many of those benefits if you're beating yourself up and shaming yourself for it. And some of you listening might need to learn how to be better at resting and not beating yourselves up. And one of the reasons that you might be feeling exhausted is because you're pushing yourself and you're burnt out. And I, again, did go through that period where I really didn't work out much at all, multiple periods, actually. And that was necessary in my own process to getting to a place where I was genuinely excited and looking forward to moving my body instead of doing it from this place of punishment. Some people don't need to go through a phase of rest, but many do. And if you are one of those people, that is okay. So give yourself permission to not exercise. And I know, again, I know that feels like, oh my gosh, well, if I tell myself not to exercise, if I give myself permission, I'm just never going to do it again. And what I want to go back to is your value system. If health is a value to you, if 
feeling good in your old age is a value to you. If you want to be around for a long time with your kids or with your future grandkids, if you want to be mobile, if you want to live your healthiest, most vibrant life for as long as you possibly can, chances are movement is part of your value system. And just because we give ourselves a break and give ourselves permission to not engage in something, if it's part of our values, we will come back to it. And if we don't, maybe it's not in our values. And that's a whole different episode, a whole different thing to talk about. But you can trust that if this is a value to you, you will come back to it and you will come back to it from a much better and healthier place. My second tip is to reject what you've done in the past with exercise. And I know I mentioned in my story, if I were to do it again, would I approach it differently? Would I not start off my new relationship with exercise going to the gym? Perhaps. And this is really what I mentioned and suggest to my clients is to just create new associations with movement in a new environment. If you went to the gym in your dieting days, really try to not start off your relationship with movement at the gym because in a lot of cases, it's just going to bring up everything that you're trying to work away from. Change up the environment in which you've been moving, make an intentional switch so that you can mentally have a clean state, mentally create new associations. It's really hard to walk into the same gym where you punished yourself for what you ate because you fell off plan and everyone there knows you and everyone asks about your diet and everyone knows what you've been up to. It's toxic. Switch gyms, If you want to still go to the gym, like get out of that space, find somewhere else that you don't have that kind of blood pressure raise when you walk through the doors or you walk into the change room. At the very least, switch gyms if you want to keep going to the gym. But I think it's also really important to remember that weightlifting, going to the gym and running, that's another big one for people. Those are not the be all end all of movement. They're not your only options. There are so many other forms of movement, right? Incorporate them if you like them. Great, but it's okay if you don't too. So just be able to switch the environment or switch the style that work of workouts that you're doing because that in itself can be really healing and really supportive for creating a new mindset around movement. So if, you know, working out at home doesn't feel like the thing you're excited about and you enjoy going to the gym or going to a yoga class or Pilates or whatever it is, maybe it's also switching the time that you work out, right? Maybe you used to really work out in the mornings and you'd wake up and that was the first thing that you did. And now the thought of that is like, oh, that's terrible. Try it at a different time of day. You know, maybe switch the style of the workouts or the teacher that you have for the workout class or whatever it is, just switch it up. Try not to do the same thing in the exact same way that you were doing it before. My third tip kind of goes back to what I talked about before with putting aside the body goals and the aesthetics and just focusing on behaviors and how exercise makes you feel. What I really want you to do is to prioritize behavior-based and consistency-based goals and really start small with those above prioritizing the weight loss and the body-based goals. Avoid the scale, avoid body checking in the mirror, avoid taking progress pictures, avoid taking measurements. Begin by focusing on and celebrating your consistency. Like, hey, I did something once a week for three weeks. That's freaking awesome. Because it is, that's a win. Or I went twice for two weeks and then I had a week where life was nuts and it just didn't happen. But the week after I went right back to it. That's great. That still is consistency. And when you're tempted to measure yourself or get on the scale, you're tempted to mirror check, I want you to challenge yourself in those moments to go into your mind and think about how you're feeling and connect with your body. 
Those who are struggling with a negative relationship with food are often very disconnected from their bodies. And so if we can train our brains to focus on how we're feeling, especially in those moments where we want to rely on external things to tell us how we feel like the scale or the mirror, we're also going to work to create new mental associations around movement. Because if your pattern has been to work out and then to get up and go on the scale and feel discouraged if the number hasn't changed, you're creating this mental association that ties exercising and feeling crappy about yourself. And then energetically, you're just, you're bogged down. The shame and the internal pressure and the guilt, they drain us. And it creates all these expectations for how it will look and how it will be. Creates this relationship where it's like, okay, I'm not just doing something, right? I'm not just going on a walk or I'm not just going to this yoga class. It's like I'm starting something and I'm going to walk every single day and I'm going to go to yoga class four times a week and I'm going to do this, that and the other thing and it's going to look exactly like this. It creates all these expectations, right? It has all this baggage that it needs to be at least 30 minutes or it needs to be this difficult. It needs to make me sweat this much or I need to put on this cute outfit, etc, etc, etc. It sets up all these barriers, all these expectations and they're crushing, right? They just totally bog you down and it creates this massive mental load. And so we want to work to tune in to our brains and create these mental associations that feel positive or at least neutral. And you can notice the positive benefits of exercise, of movement, when it's not all about weight. Like, oh, my knees feel better, or I feel a little less creaky or less stiff, or I'm not getting out of breath as easily, or I'm sleeping better. All of those things are incredible signs that show you're taking care of your body. And so if you can focus on these things and get out of your mind and out of these external pieces and into how you actually feel, and you can begin to praise yourself for just doing the thing instead of focusing on the result, it's going to help you become more consistent and go from feeling unmotivated to actually being excited about what you're doing. And even if we look at behavior change theories and what keeps you motivated over long periods of time, focusing on something external is shown to not lead to sustained motivation. Whereas if you look for something more internally, like the joy and the happiness compared to aesthetic changes, it, it leads to more sustained patterns or exercise patterns. So removing weight loss as being the main focus and asking yourself, what do I want out of this specific type of movement or just moving in general? You ought to take some time to reflect and really figure out what it is for you. But for me, I like to do it primarily for mental health purposes. And I like to feel really strong and it makes me feel capable and powerful and it brings me a lot of confidence. And so finding something for you that's not weight loss related and shifting to the internal side of things, like how it's feeling versus the external numbers game, like how many calories did I burn or how many steps did I do? Or did I close my rings on my Apple watch? What does the scale say? When we focus on this external information, we're much less capable of tuning into our interceptive awareness of how it's actually feeling. And we really want to focus on creating the excitement, right? Or creating the drive to take action, despite motivation not being there 100% right? Practice being that future version of yourself that feels all these things, that feels capable and confident and strong. You know, motivate yourself by that to take action that aligns with that version of yourself that feels that way. And again, that doesn't mean doing a crazy workout or going all in. It can be going for a five minute walk or taking the time to do some mobility exercises. When you bring weight loss goals into that, it just is deflating and discouraging. So just focus on celebrating consistency, whatever that means for you. My next tip for you is to have a game plan. And I don't mean having a whole routine mapped out like we said before, you know, coming in with all these expectations of what it's going to look like is not going to be helpful. But think about the days and times that you're going to do it or when typically works for you 
and just have a game plan of what you actually want to do. So start out by brainstorming all the things you've ever wanted to do with movement. This goes back to the joyful piece. What you've seen other people do that seems fun or interesting, but you've never tried. And then take that next step to look at where can you do that? Can you do it at home? Do you need to go somewhere? Gather all the information that you possibly can. If it's at home and that feels more accessible for you right now, it could also mean actually looking into videos, right? Like let's say you want to take try Pilates. Maybe find a few videos on YouTube that look good. You can save them in a note and you can be prepared for when the moment actually comes to do it because it's a whole lot harder to be motivated in the moment. So if you think through what you need to do, what you're going to do, what you're going to commit to do and have that game plan before the moment comes of, you know, what video I'm going to follow or what routine or whatever it is so you can dive in without having to think about it. It just lowers that level of mental overwhelm and the mental load of having to actually think through it. One other thing that I just wanted to mention too with like this resistance to exercise and another tip to get back into it is to make sure you are really focusing on your relationship with food. Exercise requires energy, we know that, and more energy than just your usual that it takes to get through the day. So even if you're not on a diet right now or it's been a really long time since you followed a diet but you're eating is not regulated, it's kind of sporadic, it's not intuitive, it doesn't include a variety of foods, you may be unintentionally restricting in some way. And that can really impact your desire to actually expend extra energy to move your body, right? There are a lot of blind spots that can come up in your relationship with food and you might not realize that maybe you're eating low in calories or carbs or maybe you're not eating enough at this time of day or whatever else it may be or you're not refueling properly but you're not sure how to move through it. And so because exercise needs energy, you might be feeling this resistance to exercising, to moving because your body's actually saying, no, thank you. I don't have enough. I don't want to spare any for this additional thing. Even if you're like, well, I'm binging at night, so I'm getting enough energy. It does not count if you're not getting enough during the day. You need consistent and regular energy. And if your body's not getting that, that chronic stress that you're putting your body through, it's worrying about that. And the last thing it's thinking is let's, you know, send this woman to an exercise class, right? Like your body's worried about keeping you safe and we need to really work on that piece first. So just to recap these different tips that we talked about, my first tip is to give yourself permission to not exercise. Again, just let that one sink in. Take whatever time to reflect on that you need. My second tip is to reject what you've done in the past with exercise, right? Create new associations with movement in a new environment. My third tip is to put aside the aesthetics and just focus on behaviors and how exercise makes you feel. And then we have a game plan, create a game plan, set the bar really low for yourself, lower than you think. Honestly, aim for one time a week. Just get yourself out there, get yourself doing something, pick something that's very accessible and doesn't feel like a huge, massive commitment. Just get yourself doing something and celebrate yourself for that consistency once a week, whatever it is. Last thing is to remember just to address your relationship with food. If you're feeling this resistance to exercise too, that is so important. That is so key in all this. And actually one final thing that I really wanted to mention too, is to work on untying your relationship with food from exercise, right? Just because you're moving your body does not mean you have to eat a certain way. Just because you're eating a certain way does not mean that you have to move your body. They are separate. They are not connected in any way. Do we need to refuel after movement? Absolutely. But just because you're moving does not mean you need to change your food. So often we kind of, you know, tie those things together. It's this all or nothing thinking that's really sneaky and comes up. So really also work on that too. 
So yeah, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. I really appreciate you tuning in on this episode of the Food Freedom Life podcast and just thank you for continuing to support me. So please subscribe, leave a rating and review if you'd like to provide me some feedback for future episodes. And very lastly, if you want to work on your relationship with exercise one-on-one with me so we can really get into it and you can be accountable and supported throughout your journey to finding a more balanced relationship with movement, food, and your body, I am currently accepting new clients. So head to the show notes for the link to book a free discovery call with me or feel free to DM me on Instagram at the food freedom life with any questions that you have. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend and I will see you next time.